everybody. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. Hey, mate. You doing all right? I'm doing good. It's it's opening week of the NFL. Been Look waiting. at us with our jerseys on. You know, yeah. Yeah, right. let's go. Represent Erlacher. Erlacher. You know. Yeah. So, my connection to Erlacher. Yeah. His brother. Yeah. Played for the Peoria Pirates. Really? Back in the day. I yeah. Didn't know when that. I was the chaplain. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And I ran into him one time in, when I was in Chicago. And I walked up to him and I said, Are you are you Brian Erlacher? And he's like, and he had two guys with him. He must get it all the time. They look alike. I knew it wasn't him. I knew it was. And he goes, No, man, I'm his brother. I'm like, I know. I'm the chaplain of the Pirates. Come on. And then his friends were like, Dude, someone knows who you are. <laughs> Well, that's funny. Well, you know, okay, so, you know, I get a little bit fanatical with the English uh, fantasy soccer league, right? You know, we've got a team, got a bunch of people doing it. And so my daughter, Joy, and my son, Ethan, have roped me into fantasy football, American football. Yeah. Okay. It's been a bit embarrassing (laughs) because... um, Joy is showing me how to do it. <laughs> that is epic. That's that's epic. So so last night, so we have some good friends, Frank and his daughter Lindsay. They were staying with us this weekend. Yeah. Because his daughter, the reason they came down is to go to Mission Peoria one day tomorrow. Oh come on. Yeah. 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 So, so that's good. So yeah, we were hanging out last night. Obviously, this is pre-recorded, and um, we were watching the Kansas City Chiefs. Lose to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I watched that's it. huge. Do you know why Super I wa- Bowl champion? I mean, they got some Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, most likely. But Detroit was coming on strong second half last year. So. Well, you know, you know why I was intrigued in watching it last night is because my quarterback in fantasy is Patrick Mahomes. Ah, so right. he got me. Even though they didn't yeah. win, he got me some good points he some, last he night. He got you some points, even though he threw a pick six. I know. But um, I know. you know, um, we're having a guy on in two weeks. And um, he's a huge Detroit Lions fan, oh. so I'm looking forward to talking to him. His name is David Beringer, so yeah. you guys are going to like him. But, um, you know, so last night, though, we are talking. Lindsay, who's not into sports, in the NFL at all. Yeah. She's in a f- fantasy football league. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? And it was because of school. Oh. Her class had to do it. So what was really funny is, her dad, Frank, was telling me all the guys, obviously, they all drafted the number one players. Yeah. Because the girls were picking players who, who had cool names. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, I like that name. That's a cool name. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, he sounds cute. I'll pick him on my team. Yeah, okay. Well, right. I, yeah, I, so. am, I am going to embarrass my daughter right now because we, we were about to start the game last night. Uh, no, two nights ago, we were doing the draft. You okay. know where they do yep. the draft? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Ethan was on. He hadn't got on FaceTime yet. We were about to get on FaceTime with him. He set up the league, and it's... It's a lot of the the old school guys that grew up with Ethan that are in the team in, in the yeah, league, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, Joy turns to me and says, "So is Aaron Rodgers still playing for the Bears?" <laughs> and she was the one teaching you. You're screwed. That's all I can say. 
<laughs> I said, I said, is Aaron Rodgers still playing with fists? Oh my gosh. And for those of you that don't have a clue, Aaron Rodgers never played for the Bears. And was the he biggest, played, biggest yeah. rival to yeah. the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Because he so was, the, was the Bears' form. biggest nemesis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Obviously playing for the. For the Packers, and this is his first season ever, not a Packer. Do you yeah. know what team he's playing for? New York somewhere, right? <laughs> New York somewhere. <laughs> yes. Giants or Jets? Yes. <laughs> Gi- Giants, Giants. Wrong! Jets. Is he? He's playing for the Jets. I'm terrible. So, I, have, so, I have no idea. Oh, my gosh. I need to see your roster after Joy helping you. Oh, you, you, you where's my? F- oh, it's being used. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll show you. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. I, I I used to do a lot of fantasy leagues. I haven't done it in a long time, but yeah. but I, I'm I root for the Cowboys every year, and they haven't been good in you know for decades. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I root for the Bears too. Well, there you go. So we're we're representing both teams right. today. Uh, hoping the Bears can pull it off this year, like we say every year, but uh, hoping they can. Yeah. You yeah. Know and, what I mean? and you know what? We're talking football. Yeah. And I know we're going to have on a guest, which, you know, we're going to, he, he's in a different kind of football. He's in the kind of football that you're oh, in. Oh, he's you're in the heavenly football. The heavenly football. So I got to, I got to say this. Um, I am all on the coach prime train, the Colorado, I don't know if you've been paying attention. No University idea what you're talking about. Really? No. College football? Uh, so you know who Deion see, Sanders is? Yeah, I know who he is. So yeah, Deion yeah. Sanders is the only athlete in history to play in a Super Bowl and a World Series. He played pro football, pro baseball. Oh, he yeah. dominated pro football. Yeah. Greatest cornerback ever, but he was yeah. also one of the most dangerous kick returners ever. He's also the only person in history to score a touchdown and hit a home run in the same week. What? Crazy athlete. So, and, he, and he's a believer. Whoa, he yeah. ended up getting saved, and he, he loves Jesus. Yeah. And he was the head coach of Jackson State. Yeah. And did amazing things, rebuilt their, you know, rebranded them, rebuilt their culture. And then in the offseason, he became the head coach of Colorado, the University of Colorado in Buffalo. I mean, in Buffalo. <laughs> they are the Buffaloes. In um, Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. He has completely turned the program upside down. So in the offseason, are, are you familiar with the portal? No. Okay, so in college sports now, you can you can leave and you if you want to give up your scholarship and go to a different school, you basically get put in a big pot. It's called a portal. And then other schools can pick you up and you mm. can play immediately, which is amazing. Yeah. So Colorado last year was 1-11. They haven't been good for like 20 years. All right? Yeah, yeah. He comes in, turns everything upside down. In his very first meeting, he said, I just want you to know some of you better start making some plans to go somewhere else because I'm bringing my own luggage. Oh. I'm bringing my own luggage, baby. And he cleaned house. He goes, if you want to play, you show me you want to play. You know what I mean? And uh, Sanders this is. So he ended up. Is this Deion Sanders? Deion Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the head coach. So, like, I think it's 87 new players, 50-some from the portal, which is unheard of, which is crazy. So nobody thinks he can win. Like, that. You can't, you can't get rid of that many players and then win, right? Yeah. So their first game of the season was last Saturday. Yeah. Again, this is pre-recorded. They played TCU. 
TCU was in the national championship last year. They lost. They lost. Right, but they were there. Georgia, yeah. They, but they were in. They were so national champion, runner-up. Yeah. This year, they're seventeenth in the nation. Yeah. They were favored by twenty points. All right, on the ESPN like game tracker yeah, before yeah. the game, seventy-eight point nine percent chance of winning. And Colorado not only beat them, beat them on their home field. Oh, man. 45-42. And Deion's son, he has two sons that play. One had 11 tackles, plays on, he's a cornerback like his dad. And then his other son, Shander Sanders, who's the quarterback, threw for 510 yards and broke the all-time passing yardage record for the University of Colorado in his first game. Oh my gosh! So, so there you have it. So there, there you go. So I'm on the Dion train. We're talking NFL, wow. but man, I'm like I, I'm more into Colorado football right now than anything else. Wow! Look at so you. you got they have their home opener. I haven't seen this you, weekend. I haven't seen you more excited than when you preached at Mission Pure. Oh, wow, that's pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> Come on! He's like that's because because we we hear that's what he says. You know, we we coming, we coming, oh. we coming. Well, we we come on. We've got a great uh, show today. We do. Oh, we're, here. we're here. We're here. We're here. We got a great show because Jason Van Ruler is back. He's awesome. I just got to say he is. And I'll be honest with you, he threw me for a loop at the beginning when before we were hit record. He starts talking about English Premier League and Chelsea. I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I haven't seen you hit that beat button in a while. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it was woof, man. But I tell you what, this is a great conversation minus the Chelsea bits. <laughs> oh, but well, no. you know what? Not too many people on the show has have been to a Chelsea home game in yeah. England. Yeah, in London. So that was cool. Yeah, man. That you was guys cool. hit it off. He talks about it, and uh, yeah. So why don't you sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Jason? This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Everybody, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, Jason Van Ruler, is a licensed therapist, author, speaker, and coach determined to help you grow your relationships, become a stronger leader, and own your past to drive a better future. His new book is called Get Past Your Past, and it releases everywhere October 10th. Jason, welcome back to Revival Town. This is fantastic. I have so been looking forward to this 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 is great already i'm thrilled to be here man well we are pumped to have you back man appreciate you and i'm so excited for your book we are cheering you on i know your book is going to help so many people and you're going to help people today that are listening so good to have you back on and since since you were on last time, like you have exploded, especially in the social media world. Uh, I keep getting these texts from Chuck saying, check out Jason. Like <laughs> he's getting people like all over the globe, you know, watching him. And so, so we're going to have to delve into that as well today. Cause 
Do you remember it, Chuck when Jason was on? I, I know it was a, a good year and a half or so ago. I, yeah, um, and and that we, we probably should have looked at that before we started <laughs> yeah, this episode. Yeah. But <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, though. I mean, because um, I think when I was on last time, I was just kind of getting started with some of this stuff. Yeah, right. Well, you know what I've I've noticed from watching so many of your videos, you connect with people, and you really do have content that is practical. And I think that's why I think, I, you know, and you have that soothing voice as well. So yeah. people just ha- have connected and I know your Instagram just blew up and now TikTok is going. And so everyone that's listening right now or watching, go follow Jason Van Ruler. He's going to share some great stuff uh, about relationships and anxiety, anything that you're going through. He can help you, which is why his book's going to be so good. I mean, you know you've arrived on social media when Sharon Stone follows you, right? Whoa! <laughs> that's, a, that's a big day for me. It was. Uh, I, I remember running running through my front door after getting done with work and just yelling to my wife, Sharon Stone is following me! And she's like, what is happening? And I'm like, isn't that amazing? And she's like, I, I, yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, different people have different levels of excitement. Oh. To me, that's when I've really made it. Yeah. Is yeah. that moment? Yes, yeah. yes. I made it when yeah. Chuck Tate started following me. That was that was it. Chuck still doesn't follow me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still, I'm trying to get no. him. Yeah. It's been a while. Wait, I follow you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this is going to be good. This is going to be really good. So, um, let's talk before we get into the book. Let's talk about who wrote your foreword. Bob Goff, right? He's one of your friends, yeah. and um, yeah, that's just really really cool. So, how did that come about? Yeah, so I've been uh, been friends with Bob for a while. Uh, he's acted as just a great mentor and coach in my life. And so was talking to him about uh, making an impact and helping people. And certainly he is no stranger to that. And so when I talked with him about writing the book and kind of the process, uh, he was willing to do that for me. And, and man, that was just, that was awesome uh, to have him not only be willing to, to do the forward, but also just the mentorship through the process. Because as you know, Chuck, it's like, uh, that's a whole thing that if you've never written a book before, like you just have no idea about that world, or at least I didn't. And so it's been nice to have people kind of walking through that with me. And by the way, Chuck, you're one of them. You, you've walked along this road with me too. Well, you know what? I, I was I'm sorry about uh, that. Jess. <laughs> uh, honored to write a review and I hope it doesn't, uh, but, hope it doesn't uh, hurt, hurt your book launch. <laughs> but, um, but no, you know, I, um, it is a fun journey, and for for those um, that have been there, they know you know it's just there's so much to it. And you're, I mean, obviously gathering influencers and endorsers, and you're working behind the scenes on on your on the book launch and the marketing and and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's just really cool. It's a lot of fun, and most of all, it's going to help people. That's 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 it. You don't write a book about something; you write it for someone. And I know mm. that get past your past is going to help people get past their past. Oh, oh look yeah, at you! Right. That. That's great. That's, see, I need I need you as my hype guy. <laughs> You're good at it. This is I like this. <laughs> oh. but, but in all seriousness, you you really have. I just have to just take a second and just thank you, Chuck, because uh, you really have inspired me and helped me along this and and encouraged me. And so really. Yeah, Bob's helped, and, and you have too. And so I just want to give you some credit for that. Cause I well, well, thank you. It. Thank Look you. at that. You're up with Bob Goff. Yeah. Bob Goff and Chuck Tate. 
That's amazing, Jason. No, no, you just a, made a, this day. I'm just telling you, you just made this day. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. That's good. Wait, wait. <laughs> Chuck, you're over, Bob. Don't tell Bob. I, I don't even know that, but you, you just rank a little higher. So. Oh, uh, must, must, that must be a different Bob. <laughs> Bob not. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, you got that confused. Yes. Oh my but goodness. But no, it's uh, it's really what you highlight is the truth, and I think it's it's true about everything. It's like we don't do any big thing, whether it's a book or a church or a job or any any big thing we want to do is not done alone. And yeah. and I think that's just never been more true than with this. And that's that that's even been something honestly I've struggled a lot with is just wanting to do everything on my own, and then realizing that a lot of the most meaningful big things that we do in our life, you just can't do alone. It's actually not even the point yeah. uh, because if you did, you wouldn't get out of it, what you need to. And so um, I talk in the book a little bit about this, but I feel like by the end of this book, it's like I moved into a new house and everyone else moved the stuff, right? Somebody else moved the freezer. Somebody else did all this stuff I didn't want to do. And I get the benefit of living there, but it's not lost on me that everybody helped. Um, because in, at the end of the day, that that is really the stuff that matters is the people that helped. Wow. Uh, that's good. That's good. Well, hey, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey? I mean, you came on before and you showed your story, but obviously we have a lot of first time listeners and we have some new listeners that have joined the Revival Town podcast journey with us since you were on. So can you just share a little bit about that? Um, growing up, and I mean, you had your own challenges and struggles that you had to overcome, which landed you as a licensed therapist and now an author. Yeah, well, first it landed me with a licensed therapist, Chuck. <laughs> so that initially landed me in the office of a licensed therapist, and and then I became one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know my story in some ways is unique and also uh, not at all anymore. But um, I, I just I. I, my parents divorced uh, early on. And so I kind of went from this life of having a lot of stability to then a life that included a lot of chaos and, and volatility. And, and so with that came some addiction and trauma and abuse. And so just all these things as a kid, we don't want to experience. Right. Um, and just living in the middle of that. And I remember just thinking to myself, this will just never be me. Right. All these things that are happening and going on. Um, it's not going to be me. I'm going to live a different life. I'm going to actually just do the opposite. And so I, I graduated and I moved on and I just thought, okay, here's this new opportunity. I want to be different. And I think, unfortunately, like so many people, we want so desperately to be different. But if we don't know how, we just rebuild what we came from. And so sure enough, a couple of years later, I'm in the midst of all the stuff I was trying to run from. And it really occurred to me that if I was going to change, I had to learn a different way to do it. Um, and I didn't know that. And so I started to do that and I started to see some progress and I met my wife and, and now I had somebody that loved me really, really well. And so I was like, this is so cool. Um, now life is going to be great forever. Right. So I did the hard thing and now it's just going to be easy. I'm just going to kind of hang out. Um, and then sure enough, we started to struggle to have kids. And so we had miscarriages and just all these problems and failed adoption. And I just kind of got to a spot of like, oh, man, not only did I think the first thing wasn't supposed to happen, but now here's another hard thing happening again. Yeah. And so for me, what I really came to realize is that getting past your past is like a thing we do that's ongoing. It's, it's more of brushing your teeth. Um, than, than doing something once every five years. 
um, in that there's going to be difficult spots, but those difficult spots are actually an opportunity for a better life if we allow them to be. Not that it's easy to do, but it can be. So for me, that's the journey I've been on. And, and in the process, I became a therapist because I wanted to help other people going through that. Um, but I also wanted to help me to learn how to do this better and change the legacy. That's good. Yeah. Love it. So obviously, and on that journey, you now get to help so many people. You've seen that your life experience has now been able to impact people as well. What is that like for you as a therapist? Like, man, yes, I went through some real hard times, but now I can help people from my life experience. What is that like? Yeah, it's honestly a little bit odd sometimes. I mean, it, it gives purpose and meaning to some of that pain um, in some of those experiences. Uh, and it also just for me is odd to consider that sometimes that I would make such an impact in someone's life. You know, I, yeah. I get I get letters from past clients and people I've worked with uh, that say like, hey, when you said this, it changed everything. Mm. And and on the, on first glance, I'm always like, well, I should be more careful about what I say then. <laughs> OK, that, that's important. I should really think a little harder about what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but joking aside, it, it's like, wow, that that is a pretty cool gift and a pretty cool thing I get to steward. Yeah, I think the other thing that comes up for me is just the reinforcement that so often we think we don't have anything to say or we can't help somebody. And it's just not true. And so I kind of get this proof every once in a while of live, live in that space of being honest and authentic and vulnerable, because that's actually what helps people heal. Not the polished stuff that everybody else puts out, but, but just live in the space of being who you are and people get better around that. That's so good. Man. Well, what would you say to the person that's listening today that says, you know what, I don't want to think about my past, I don't want to address my past, I don't want to talk about my past, because throughout the book you emphasize the importance of embracing not just your past, but even brokenness in order to move forward. So how is, why is that important? Yeah. Well, here's what I tell you is you can look at it or you can live it. It's up to you. You can do one or the other, right? So you can look at your past, understand how that's informed you, update some of the beliefs if you need to and, and change some of those patterns, or you can avoid it and just live it and replicate it. Mm. Those are kind of our choices. And so um, I think it's one of those things that's sometimes hard to convince people of because the work's up front. Whereas if we just run from it, the work is actually farther down the road, but either way, you're going to do the work. And so you just get to decide if you want to be proactive about that or reactive, but either way, you're going to have to face some of this. That's so good. Yeah. I, I know, um, I know chapter seven, you started talking about feel it to heal it. And, uh, I was, you know, really intrigued with that. Can you, I, I'm feeling that just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not no. feeling it. At all. I'm, not, I'm not healing. I'm not feeling. No. Can, can you um, can you talk about that? You do say in there we must feel our grief fully to begin to heal it. Um, we must look look pain, loss, sorrow, brokenness right in the face and choose to feel it. Can can you just unpack that a little bit for those that are listening and like whoa this is that type of book and this is the type of instruction that is coming from that um that i really feel people will connect with that can you just unpack that a little bit 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like that's always a therapist thing to say. You know, oh, what's the therapist say? Well, he says you have to feel your feelings. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, that's a real shocker. Thanks, Jason. Uh, but the truth is, if we don't, we can't move past that. We can't move on with it because in those moments of pain and brokenness, they're actually some wonderful teachers. And if we're faith people, I think that's where God really meets us is in those places and those spaces. And I think that avoiding that uh, means that we simply just take longer to deal with it. And, and so when we have these hard things, as challenging as it is, we really need to lean into feeling that. And so that might look like feeling some things we don't want to, right? Disappointment or sadness or grief uh, or even sorrow. But if we allow it, those experiences can be things that join us together with others and actually prepare us to move forward. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is definitely a, a gold mind. Um, I think in my endorsement, I even called it a, a, a treasure trove because there's so mm. much, not just good stuff, but practical things yeah. that, that can help you. Um, so it's like it's like when you when you read your book, you are getting Jason. You're getting a session with him. Sure, sure. You're gonna you're gonna learn some things, and you're gonna and if you apply those things. You're going to be better. Yeah. And of course, faith does come in like you just mentioned, Jason. But in chapter 11, you discuss the characteristics of a, of a safe person, basically somebody that you can be vulnerable with. Like for me, it might be someone like Andy, all jokes aside. Like I, I know that I can reach out to him and say, mate, I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm having, I'm having a. And we both have. Right. Years, right. That's, right. Yep. That's a. Yep. So we, really we all need somebody. Yeah. We need somebody like that. So. Can you outline some of these characteristics and explain why they are so important for establishing a healthy connection with somebody, a healthy friendship relationship, somebody that you can lean on or lean into? Yeah, it's so important because it, it literally shapes our life. And so the reason that I wrote that part is I would see so often, I even experienced this where maybe we've been really wounded by relationships, but we know we want to change. We know we want to be better. And so we muster up the courage to finally tell somebody what's going on, right? We say, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to, I'm going to pick somebody. And then if we're not careful, we just pick some of the same people that we've been hurt by and we trust oh, wow, them with good. all this courage and we say, okay, well now here you go. And the person's either unavailable or unwilling um, or, or doesn't have our best interests at heart. And so what we end up telling ourselves in that moment is see, this is why I don't do this. I, I don't share this stuff with people because look how it went. Mm. And so what I wanted to help people do is to identify that a lot of it comes from choosing the right people in the first place. Because if we do that, those people will meet us in that space. Mm. And, and so that does take a little bit of skill and work if we haven't had it in our life to identify like, what does it actually look like? So some of those things like you talked about, someone who's willing to even pick up the phone. You know, someone who, who answers, um, someone who listens, someone who's not got an agenda for us, but just wants to give us space to be who we are. Wow. Um, someone that's walked some of this stuff out before. You know, those are all hallmarks of someone that can show up for us. And when we have that person, as you two know, and certainly I have people like that in my life, it does really launch us forward because now we're stronger than just ourselves. Now we have community. Yeah, it's good. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I love you too. I don't appreciate the two AM calls. I chuck. That's that. I gotta say. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, honestly, if if we are reaching out to somebody who's not reaching back, 
who doesn't really care or we feel like they don't care, we really should move on to somebody else. Find yeah. somebody who will listen to us. And sometimes we don't need advice. We just need somebody to sit with us. Yeah. Yeah. Do you- yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes people just aren't in a season where they can do that. It's not doesn't make them a bad person or that they don't want to help. It's just not everybody's in a place to do that. And so that's less about you and more about them. And so you just keep moving. You just go, okay, well, that's not the right time for that. Let's go. Wow. Yeah, love that's it. good. Well, you also talk in the book about, um, you know, in individuals that struggle with self-acceptance. Um, how can someone break out of of that type of thought pattern? And what are some of the ex- exercises that you've seen that help someone to really embrace uh, acceptance? That can be hard because I, I think if we look back at some of our decisions or experiences and we have regrets, it, we can use those to really determine our value. Mm. And so it's hard to step outside of that because if that's all we think about uh, and all we see, then it's easy to feel like we don't have value. The, the challenge is people don't improve what they don't value. And so if we can't get to a place of valuing ourselves and, and having a little bit of that self-worth, it's going to be really hard to make any improvement. And so what I'll sometimes ask clients um, is, you know, what, what would you tell a child? So if you're a parent, uh, what would you tell your, your kid about their value and their worth? And, and most people would say, well, you know, I tell them that they always have value and they always have worth no matter what they do. They're loved and accepted. It's like, okay, great. Uh, And then I say, uh, so when did that stop being true for you? What happened? Stop that being true for you. Um, And that usually gives us good time to pause because almost every time there's a thing that pops in our head, right? We go, well, you know, Jason, it was there. And I go, okay, great. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's let's keep that that going a little bit. So when it comes to self-acceptance, obviously... People need self-compassion. There's a lot of people listening today that are mad at themselves because of their brokenness. So if they're going to get healthy and they're going to overcome brokenness, how important is for them to have some grace for themselves? It's kind of important, Chuck. It's it's kind of important. Yes, if, if we don't have grace, um, we're not going to have the grease that helps the wheel turn to, to get where we want to go. And so um, I, I think how I usually talk to people about this is we all have those moments that we look back on and we go, Ugh, you know, I, I don't like that. I feel bad about it. I'm embarrassed. I mean, I know when I started Instagram, I was double hand waving to start every video. Uh, and sometimes they pop up and I still, I cringe. I don't know why I keep talking about it, but just very embarrassing. Right. Um, but the thing is, is the fact that we even feel regret or embarrassment is actually an indicator of growth. And that's what we miss is is the fact that you look back on those moments and you're like, oh, I do that different. That means you've actually grown past that place. Yeah. And so what if instead of beating ourselves up with this wisdom that we now have, we use some grace and empowered ourselves to keep going? That's good. It's really good. I, I still want a double hand wave though, Chuck. Yeah, I yeah. Still, you know, I just can't <laughs> quite get it out of my system. But one of these days. <laughs> well, um, you know, you talk about the journey of healing uh, from your past and the challenges. Uh, someone who's gone through that and experienced healing, um, can you just help us with what some of the most challenging parts of that were in having to look back but but now live in the now? 
yeah, being honest, I think is is the thing that gets most people right off the bat is can you be honest with yourself about what's really going on and and the real truth, not the one that we would post about on social media or not the one that we would you know tell somebody half the story, but can you and and even if you do this in prayer, can you get to a place where you can be really, really honest about what's going on? And I think that's really hard for people. And it's really hard for people if uh, your struggle or your brokenness is about poor choices you've made. That can be a really hard place to go to is to say, okay, yeah, this, this is where I'm actually at. But if we don't do that, we actually don't get the help we need. So the first step is really, can I be honest with myself about what's really going on? And then can I identify and ask for help? Yeah. Those two things seem to be really challenging for people. And, and I know myself included um, because, you know, it's hard to be honest about it if it's bad. And it's also hard to ask for help, especially if we're in any sort of leadership role or management role. It it's feels sometimes like you're just not supposed to do that. Like you're supposed to have it all figured out. And so asking right. for help is somehow an indicator that you don't. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a big, especially in ministry. Yeah, I, I, ministry. I'm a pastor. I can't, I can't admit that I'm struggling. Yeah, and and I think as well, it's you're not allowed to struggle, Chuck. Right, <laughs> right, right. You struggle? Wow. Well, <laughs> can I just say once you guys something? it was many years. No ago. one else is listening, I, right? I stopped, I stopped struggling. There's no more struggle. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I've seen so many pastors that literally have been taken out because they wouldn't just ask for help they thought they had to carry the load and they had to figure it out on their own and um and i think that's where you have to be real not only with um with people who you're close to but even sometimes with the people who are following you you know if you're leading Mm -hmm. um because you don't know who's in the room that could also come alongside you and say hey i can help you know, let, let's talk. Even though you're the pastor, you're meant to have it all together. Let's let's do this journey together. You say it from the pulpit. Let's do it now off the pulpit. And I think that's that's tough for a lot of pastors to do um, and leaders, um, but especially pastors because, like you said, you, they're meant to have it all figured out, or so the world thinks and the church world thinks. But um, it's been sad. I mean, the last few years we've seen some major. Um, pastors um, that have stepped out of ministry, um, and it, and it isn't it isn't because um, God's called them somewhere else. It's I feel the weight of it has took them out. Can you just um, open up a little bit about your world and what you see, especially with the pastor, um, and and this topic that that you've written about and also you see on a daily basis, right? You see people as well. Can you just open that world up a little bit? Yeah, I I think the struggle for people is that having a past that's been a struggle or dealing with hard things usually makes them more resilient, you know, because they get through it. And so that ability to be resilient and to persevere is a wonderful thing that also drives them to be successful. Right. So that drives them to be a a really great pastor or executive or whoever, uh, because they actually are very adaptive. They they can work through really tough stuff. The challenge then comes when they build this whole persona uh, of being resilient and powering through and then they need to ask for help. And so what happens is we have instead of just a question of, of can I ask for help? We have a question of what is my identity? Yeah. 
And when it's a question of identity, that makes it nearly impossible to ask for help. If, if my identity is that I have it figured out, it's it's life changing to say I don't. Right. And and so what happens oftentimes when I meet with someone who has has fallen or has had a struggle like that is it's just a series of really small poor decisions. And it's a series of little things that we could have asked for help or taken an off ramp. And we just didn't because what got in the way is this is my identity and, and it's not congruent for me to ask for help. And and so I would just tell those people, yes, I understand it, but there are trusted people who you can talk to and get help from. So maybe you're not going to announce, you know, on television, this is my, my issue, but there are still people you can ask for help from to at least get started. That's great. Yeah. That's good. I know um, with with my own team throughout the years now, after leading the same church for, for more than 25 years, um, when I'm willing to open up and share with our staff and our team what I'm struggling with, because most of our listeners know that my wife was really battling some, battling some serious illness for four to five years, and that was a tough time, and COVID was in the mix of that as well. And uh, honestly, the fact that I was willing to open up and my team responded by holding up my arms. That's what it not only made me a better pastor and, and leader, but but it helped me get through a season that would have been hard to overcome without yeah those kind of people in my life, without people that were willing to to help me. And um, yeah, that that made that can make all the difference. So, but the when, place the difference well, we, we though is that. you is you being able to open up to those guys and gals around you and saying I need help and they came and lifted the arms right. the issue I think a lot of the time is a lot of the pastors or leaders don't ask and they feel they're on their own and that's where a lot of the stuff then starts to break down when you agree Jason with that absolutely and and otherwise probably simple things to fix initially grow into really big things mm. And, and I so think, true. you know, for me, and this is just kind of my own take, and, and I'm sure that I annoy churches when I speak there, uh, but I'm, I'm always like, I want to just speak on the floor, not the stage, because mm. I always feel like the minute I stay on the stage, like symbolically, it tells me something that I don't want to be true, yeah. which is I'm not above anybody. I'm on the same plane as them. And so if I'm on the same plane with them, I can just ask for help. Like, that's not a big deal because we're all we're actually just all on the exact same foundation. And so that's fair. I think sometimes the minute that, and obviously for a lot of reasons, they have to have stages, but I think the minute we step up there, sometimes we feel like, okay, now I have to be different. Now it's no longer okay to do that. Now, if I'm going to stand up here, I need to be up here. And if I'm not, I just need to, I need to pretend or I need to cover it up. And so sometimes when I'm working with leaders, I'll just kind of say like, what's it look like to just go back and sit down with everybody else? Because in that place, you can ask for help. That's good. Mm. Well, I think one one area that most people need help with is the area of forgiveness. We all know that forgiveness can be very challenging. And whether that is forgiving Andy or forgiving myself, no, forgiving others or our, 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 <laughs> even ourselves. So in your professional opinion, Jason, why do you think it's difficult for people to forgive? Because I think they're still chewing on what it is they're going to take away from that situation. They're they're still not at a place of solid willingness to, to have a takeaway or understanding. And so as long as we have this um, 
thing that's unresolved in us. You know, why did that happen? Why did I do that? What was that? As long as we're still wrestling with that, forgiveness seems really difficult because we haven't made peace with it yet. And forgiveness is ultimately about making peace with what happened, not pretending it didn't happen or not thinking about it or anything like that. But it's ultimately about a decision to make peace with something. And so I think sometimes when we're still wrestling with the problem, it's really hard to get into forgiveness. And obviously with forgiveness, there's also another side of that that I know we've got listeners that are listening right now that may be stuck in brokenness and don't know how to get out of of that do you have any tips or words of encouragement for those that are just feeling broken and uh feel like there's no way out well first i just say it's a terrible place to be um i i know uh i felt that before i've been in that spot it's a dark place um i i just know that's not any place anyone wants to be and yet even in that place we're not alone and so i think you know, what I would tell those people is that um, you're you're called to more, that there is more for you. And you may not have any idea how to get there yet, right? Yeah. It, it might just be this abstract idea, but it's worth at least making an effort. And yeah. so what is the smallest step I can take, I can take to move towards that? So um, when I talk to somebody and they're like, hey, I just went through a breakup or I just lost my job or I just did this and I'm miserable, one of the things that I'll say to them is if, if you know that you already feel miserable and uncomfortable, what could you do that's healthy in this time that's miserable and uncomfortable that you've put off? Mm. Well, I guess I could start going to the gym. I guess I could start eating broccoli. I'm miserable anyway, so I might as well eat broccoli. Right. Um, but the thing is, is when we start to do some of those things just on the day to day, our life does change. So I think don't mistake it to mean that you have to make this huge declaration and change everything today or tomorrow. It's really on the day to day. What are the little things you can do to start to move towards that life you want? That's good. That's really good. And I, I know there are people listening and watching right now who are broken and there are people that are stuck. And I really believe that this is a divine appointment. This episode that you chose to listen to today, I believe that God wants to use Jason to help you get unstuck. You know, Jason, you said you're called to more. That means every buddy that's listening right now is called to more the question is do we believe that so jason can you take a moment and pray for for our listeners pray for those who are struggling those who are in a place of brokenness those who feel stuck absolutely yeah i can do that thank you lord i just i just thank you for this time uh with these men that i look up to and am inspired by um, Lord, I just thank you that uh, you were part of our life and have allowed us to be stewards of these gifts and to speak to others. Lord, I know that for some listening today, they may feel like the things they're hearing are are just light years away from where they're at, or, or maybe not even possible. But Lord, I just ask that you help them to know the truth, and maybe in small ways, but that they start to see in their life that there is room for more that there is a desire for more and that it's possible because I know it is. And I know that I've lived that. And Lord, I know that your favorite people are broken people uh, because broken people understand and they find you in that space. And so Lord, I just ask for who's ever listening today to just be inspired to take one step and also just to know that they're loved even where they're at, no matter how many steps they take, they don't have to take any steps to have value or worth. They have it already. 
Lord, I just ask that you bless those folks, you bless their families, you bless everyone on this uh, podcast today and our time together. And I thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Well, Jason, I know uh, people are going to want to connect with you and uh, get the book. Can you just uh, give us ways that people can connect with you? Maybe social media, website, YouTube, whatever's the best way and also how people can get the book. Yep. I've got my website, uh, jasonvr.com, and that's got the book on it. And then you can also find me on social media. I do uh, really all platforms. Instagram, I do a lot on. It's jason.vanruler, and I do daily tips um, about how to have healthier relationships and move into that life we want. Um, and so that's a good place to do it. And then, yeah, the book and audio book come out on October 10th. Um, and so you can get that at all major retailers. That's brilliant. awesome. Go get it. Yeah, go get it. Now, I've been looking forward to this the whole time. <laughs> oh, Andy, I don't like when you move in your chair. Oh, man. Oh, here too. we I here can we, move two over here. So this is the big three. The big three. And uh, I'm going to stop. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I wasn't even going to ask. I I knew before Jeff we hit knows. record He's this like, was I'll coming. Back on this now, when, when we jumped online before we hit record... Jason brought up a swear word to me, <laughs> which was <laughs> Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> so, so for those who may what not is. know what Chelsea is, but Chelsea is um, one of those lower division teams. No, I'm joking. <laughs> They're That's a team. Fair, <laughs> yeah. uh, so. we're, we're working on it. <laughs> We're, we're getting past her past. Come on. I'm going to send them the book. So, uh, we're going to do this together. They're, they're I was a, like, Chelsea, what movie is she in? Now we're, <laughs> now, we're talking about football in America today. We've been talking about that on the show earlier on. But we're on about real football. Uh, Chelsea are in the Premier League in England. I'm a Manchester United fan. Big rivals there. Um, and so we are about to do the big three questions. Um, and so my first question for you is why on earth Chelsea and you, you told me earlier that you went to England to watch them what was that experience like yes well we were good once that that's what I say to that Andy is we you know when I, when I decided to be a fan um, it's like we, me we wore a cowboy we jersey I had no idea yeah. I had no idea what was about to happen uh, but we'll be good again sure. I think well you spent um, enough money also, to do it but I love the jerseys <laughs> oh okay love the jerseys. okay it's all so, about the branding all right I see that, that. Okay. Um, what was it like to go? It was it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life, and um, we actually lost. So I mean, you know, <laughs> there you go. You lose when you fly across the world to go to a game. But aside from that, it was a lovely time. Now, was this Chelsea? Uh, you went to Stamford Bridge. Did you go to Stamford Bridge? Say that again. Did you go to their yes. stadium, Stamford Bridge? Right, which is a yes. it is a beautiful area. So Chelsea, it's right around Notting Hill area. You know the film Notting Hill. Like it is a really nice part of London. Um, a, apart from this football team that's there, um, <laughs> but what was it like? I mean, I try to explain it to people. Me and Chuck went to see Dortmund against Chelsea at mm. Soldier Field, um, and I I was. I think I was the only guy wearing an England shirt, not a Chelsea shirt, but, but an English England shirt. shirt in the Dortmund end. Yes. <laughs> but uh, You're very brave. Yeah, yeah. But um we had a great experience. But yeah, I, did to, I did say I did say to Chuck it wasn't like 
an ex- an experience or an atmosphere at a game in England because it's hard to explain. The crowds are fanatical. Um, but what was your experience like there? Yeah, it was. I mean, really, I would use the word magical, maybe the wrong word, but I, I've never been to a game like that. I, I took my kids, my wife, so none of us had ever done that. And so getting to experience that together for the first time, yeah. and then also just to see the, um, I think, how seriously people take it. You know, yeah. it's we live in a world where people don't take things very seriously a lot. And so just to see people who, like, literally, it's a family tradition to do some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. That was really impactful. Um, and then to sit in the stands, just the noise, the energy. I mean, I know I've been to other sporting events where, you know, could get distracted or bored, but there was not a dull moment just because of everything happening around us. Yeah. Um, one of the great byproducts, too, is my kids learned a lot of swear words that day. Right. And so I, I've always <laughs> been grateful for that and for the conversation in the car on the ride back to yeah. the hotel. But aside from that, it was a lovely time. <laughs> the way back, like, okay, guys, we're going to get past our past. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's a list. I've typed up a list. And we're never going to repeat these ever again. Never going to happen. <laughs> All right. So here's my question. Who's your favorite NFL team? In the National Football League. Chuck, who's your favorite team? Cowboys. Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys. I don't have a team. Okay. I'm, I'm willing I thought to you were going to say Vikings because. Wait, you why know, do you ask me? You're it's, the bears. Is a, what? it's the Bears. You don't have to ask Chuck. <laughs> Just because I'm English doesn't mean I don't know football over here. Well, Andy, I already know we disagree on teams. I don't need any more of your opinion. I need Chuck's opinion. I already, I already know where you stand. On wow. wow. Two yeah. against one. Wow. Oh, man. Said like a true Chelsea fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well, accurate. Don't worry. Accurate. Don't worry. Dallas don't win either. But uh, that's right. I know. <laughs> We haven't won in a long time. So, uh, yeah, so. Um, we're we're going to pray again. You'll we're going to pray again. No? <laughs> okay, last question. When you were in England, what was the most intriguing food you ate? Mm. Well, we had a typical uh, uh, English breakfast, I guess you oh, would say. The full, full English. I was a big fan. Okay. I also had Turkish coffee and oh. really loved that. That Turkish was good. Coffee. Wow. Um, I was energized for days. Um, I realized <laughs> you shouldn't drink like three of those in a row, even though they're small. So I, I so had that, some food experiences. So that was you running on the field when the security was chasing you. <laughs> right. I literally, because they give it to you in a little cup. And so I guzzled that sucker and I looked at my wife and she's like, I don't think you were supposed to do that. And I was like, eh, you know, it's probably fine. And like I half hour later i'm sweating profusely my head is racing and i'm like i don't think i was supposed to do that oh man i don't think that's how that works that's good that's good well jason jason thank you so much for being on revival town today a lot of fun uh you've helped a lot of people and will help a lot of people in them getting the book and connecting with you and uh again I know, I know you're a Chelsea fan, but you've got to come back on sooner than what you did before, and yeah. uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about when Chelsea are relegated to the lower division. So, please come back, <laughs> please come back uh, on Revival Town again soon. But thank you so much for the the information, and and not only the information, the heart that comes yeah. from you when you when you talk to folks. It's been a, a great, great. Uh, morning with us thank you so much appreciate you jason 
Yeah, well, I just value you both and in, in this this time with you, and it is so good to just laugh and and joke, but also just to really get to the heart of it, which is yeah. at the end of the day, we're we're all just trying to be better and help others be better. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jason. What do you think, mate? There, man. Good stuff. Thank you, Jason. Oh, Van Ruler. So good. Apart from the Chelsea bits. That That's was good. Fine, you man. know what? He, he, he has a lot to offer. Yeah, he does. And um, seriously, um, just a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Really and, guy. and has blown up. And I can't remember if we were talking about it before the show or in, um, but he has blown up on social media. Yeah. Like the first time he came on, he he wasn't really involved with social media. And I remember you text me going, Jason is like like hundreds of thousands of people are following just him. Just uh, yeah. Blown up. Yeah. So thank you, Jason, for coming on. Um and uh and not forgetting about us. Not for, yeah, not you forgetting know. about the low lives of come on of podcast world. We're we're glad that you came on, yes. Jason. And uh and so you know what's next, don't you? I'm ready. You really think you're ready? I think I am. I feel, I feel I'm feeling good. All right. Okay. So we coming. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, are you ready for this? Yes. So for those who are listening, this is Tate and his mate. Can I just say so? You always <laughs> say for those who are listening, every single person is listening. For those who are listening, <laughs> they're all listening. They're not going to go, wait, I'm not listening. <laughs> uh, okay, for those of you who are driving in your car. Yeah. No, for, for those who are listening for the first, first time. Ah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, for those who are listening for the first time, this is Tate and his mate. My, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm from England. Uh, originally, yeah. although it's been 30 years nearly, 30 years being in, in America. Um, wow. That's Chuck Tate, so Tate and his mate. Uh, I'm going to throw an English phrase, catch, uh, like a catchphrase, a rhyming cogni slang. Rhyming cogni cogni sling. <laughs> sling? <laughs> sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. We're using slang. I I, I, uh, I subscribe to slang. Okay. Okay. So no. slang, slang, rhyming cockney slang, slang. Very good. Okay. So uh, I think you are around the twist. You think I'm around the twist? Yeah. So around the twist. I think yeah. you're around the twist. I think you're around the twist. That's it. Hmm. You're around the twist. You are. I'm around the twist. I'm. Um, this is an English phrase used. Is it, is it similar day. to like um, around the block? You've been around the block. You've, uh, you're. Uh, you're. No. 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 Um, so if you think I'm around the twist, yeah. Um, does that mean I'm stupid? Yes. <laughs> I'm a plonker. Yeah. Yeah. You're crazy. You're around the twist. You I'm are around the twist. Huh? <laughs> I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs on air. For those of you that are listening, <laughs> he's around the twist. <laughs> I'm around the twist. <laughs> oh, we coming. <laughs> we coming around the twist. 
man. Oh, well, uh, again, thank you for listening. Because those that are listening, watching you as well. Those that are listening are listening. Yes. Those that are watching are watching. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so whether you're watching or listening, maybe you're watching, but you're not listening. Right. Right? Because you yeah. can. <laughs> I am around the twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But thank you so much. And make sure you're letting people know about Revival Town. Uh, we've got some great uh, guests coming on over these next few weeks and uh, leading up to Christmas. We're not far from Christmas, mate. Uh, mate, dude, we haven't even talked about pumpkin spice yet. So it's Well, yeah, true. Yeah, we're going to go through but that yeah, You are first. right, though. Christmas is going to be here in a second. I know, I know. Well, all right. for those who are into all that pumpkin stuff i'm sure we'll be talking about that in the next few weeks so right on uh, again thank you for listening and tune in next week to revival town podcast bye thank you for listening to this episode of revival town podcast make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more information head on over to revivaltownpodcast.com Oh,